0: So you're all seeing what I'm seeing right now, right? We're all seeing the same thing in unison, that the Mormon church has had the worst scandals that I can remember, I don't know about you, that I could remember in my lifetime. Now, I've been out of the LDS church for four years. I've been making content for about three of those years. But what has happened in 2023, I felt like needed its own entire video. I asked you, my audience, I asked around the Mormon ex-Mormon interwebs, if you look back at 2023, what are the scandals? Uh, That the Mormon church was involved in that shook you the most. What are you going to remember and take away from 2023? So, not only are baptism rates plummeting despite having a full time missionary force, and from doing work in the Mormon PR space when I was a believing member, I know for a fact that the church's best and favorite tactic is the smiley, happy facade of its members, that sometimes toxic positivity, a lot going on under the surface. That's their favorite proponent of. The church being true of the members being so happy and smiling. That's their PR. Is that the truth, though? Is this just a fluke of a year with a couple bad apples? Maybe the Mormon church just had a really hard year, and that's none of my business. No, that's definitely actually totally all of our business. So if some of the most prominent members of your organization are being arrested for abusive behavior towards children, which I'm going to have to refer to as CA for this video to not get demonetized... Some of the most prominent members of your organization arrested for CA, Mormons going to prison, prominent Mormons being excommunicated for fraud and abusive and exploitive behavior. That facade does terrible things to their PR. So many stories of the corruption of the Mormon church has reached the mainstream media this year, which feels like there's just been reports happening on a weekly basis throughout 2023. So I'll be recapping all of those stories for you here today. And it's not just some members acting out of accordance with the teachings of the church. There is something about this church and its teachings that breed a fanaticism that is being exposed. So I'll save some really heartbreaking and informative responses for the very end from people who started this year as believing Latter-day Saints, who made 2023 the year that they threw away their garments, stopped paying tithing, and left their covenants behind Um, And I asked around and it came out to about five really big scandals that we're going to be going through. And I was even surprised by the number of people who told me that these scandals did in fact wake up active, faithful, believing Mormons and caused them to leave or at least question. So if you need your 2023 wrap up that the Mormon church is in free fall, you've made it to the right video. Let me show you all the ways. We're going to be breaking down all the information, the new stuff on Ruby Frankie, the Mormons who have been doomsdaying like they like to do, Sound of Freedoms, Tim Ballard, and then, of course, the SEC scandal of the church hoarding over $100 billion from the government, and so, so much more. So I have put a lot of research into this for you all. You have it all in one place. Get caught up. Let's have Kara's commentary on all this. And also, I can speak from experience that Mormonism is a very, very tough religion to question. There's a history, obviously, that's hidden from, maybe not obviously, but there is a history that's hidden from most members that we're told are all anti Mormon lies. But when you realize that you can't trust this religion and these scandals like this come up, and you think, okay, maybe I'll, what else should I question? What else have they been lying about? So that's what happened to me when the scandal broke that this bishop, Sam Young, was excommunicated for trying to make bishops' interviews with minors safer. And that really led to me diving into what else does the church not tell me? And it was then where. I I was open to learning more about, you know, what really drives this church that I'm a part of. So I asked around if you lost your faith in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints this year, what contributed you to leave? You're also welcome to leave that in the comment. And did any of these scandals play a part? So this episode will be a deep dive into not just the breaking stories of 2023, but I'm also interested in how they contribute to this facade of a religion that we stake our lives to. So heavy trigger warning on some of these topics. But to lighten things up, I wrote down about the top five that people wanted me to talk about on these slips of paper right here. And oh, if you don't know what this hat is all about, this is how Joseph Smith translated the Book of Mormon. He put his head in the hat and he let everyone know all of his secrets, you know. Oh, Oh, what's that? joseph i did dye my hair and get curtain bangs in 2023 that's not a scandal though mm, mm. what What else did you want to say joseph mm. yeah he's really got a hold of something there uh-huh oh welcome to the mormon history damn. first one where are we gonna go first where's the one that says eight passengers jody hildebrand i'm being fully transparent that that is the First one I am keen to talk about and then all the rest we will talk. Jody jo- perfect. This one's the most breaking as of today. Now, Ruby Frankie is this Mormon YouTuber who made this channel called 8 Passengers with her husband Kevin with over 2 million subs. Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrandt though were known for their strictness and tough love approach and their followers though of this YouTube channel of their vlogging channel had been calling out Ruby's parenting style and her red flags for years. The Mormon YouTube parenting influencers and life coaches who were arrested on August 30th, 2023, after Ruby's son escaped from where he was being tied up at Jody's home in southern Utah, where he ran to a neighbor's house and they called the police. Again, I will be here calling out Mormonism's red flags for years with my new nonprofit, the New Ones Hug Foundation, by the way. So if you could donate to the fundraiser to get my Mormon friend Eve back to do an update and purchase some equipment. That'd make me so happy. Ruby Frankie just admitted to four counts of aggravated CA in court and the plea agreement spills the tea on the absolute nightmare that she put her kids through physical torture, starvation, straight up mind games and all of the like kind of funneled through Jody Hildebrand. just beyond messed up. This Mormon family completely falling from grace this year. So this guilty plea is going to have some major consequences. And I believe part of her plea deal is testifying against Jody, her ex-business partner, ex-BFF, in Jody's trial on February 20th. And let me pull up Ruby's plea deal that is just astonishing. Um, the front page of the 5th District Court of the state of Utah against Ruby Frankie. Here's a list of the four guilty pleas. Uh, again, it's really di- difficult stuff to get through one to 15 years, plus a fine of 10,000 with all of these counts, that makes it $40,000 total, possibly decades in prison, Mormon family vlogger, two convicted felon pipeline. I saw it. I actually, I did see it. I don't like family vloggers, but so trigger warning about what these pages are about to have in them Um, First of all, it is basically surmised that this plea deal centers around two of Ruby's kids, not all six of them. And whether that's Ruby doesn't want her kids to have to take the stand to testify against her or re-traumatize them or she doesn't want to be open to digging up all the skeletons that are in her closet, she's pled guilty to all of this following. We have the children listed as RF and EF, and there are several abusive punishments that are inflicted upon the children. And some of these punishments... Again, trigger warning that I mentioned in the plea deal are forced physical labor where the children were forced to perform physically demanding tasks for extended periods of time, such as wall sits and carrying heavy boxes of books and working outside in extreme conditions without proper protection. And then also withholding basic needs, children were denied adequate access to necessities like food and water, and they were punished for consuming water secretly. And when they were given food, they were only provided with these plain meals while the other people in the household ate Delicious, flavorful meals. There's also this extreme emotional manipulation that she inflicted on her kids. The children were subjected to emotional abuse, manipulation. They were told that they were evil and possessed and needed to repent, and that these punishments that they endured were framed as acts of love and necessary for their redemption. And I'm talking like binding, restraining them. The children were physically restrained with handcuffs and ropes and weights and bound in these positions that caused physical distress to their bodies where they were able to like lift up different body parts. They have cuts and injuries and damage to muscle tissue. So what do we do with this information? I think that the guilty plea of Ruby Frankie, again, just further highlights the potential risk and consequences of extreme beliefs, religious beliefs and practices Within the LDS community and with the involvement of Jody Hildebrandt, this therapist who was highly recommended within these Mormon church circles, it does raise a ton of questions about the institutional role and responsibility of the church when referring its membership, referring Mormons to what, as a Mormon, you're told your priesthood leader, he has discernment. He knows where to send me. So it just brings up a lot of the responsibility of these priesthood leaders to properly vet these Mormon therapists that will hopefully help Mormons with their problems. So this case, I feel like, is just one of the most severe reminders for the church to thoroughly vet and monitor these individuals, these organizations that they recommend to their members, particularly when it comes in contact with the realm of mental health and therapy. So many things can go wrong. And I think that we cannot let this horrifying case pass us by without continuing to call attention to the need just for education and awareness around the signs of potential abuse and manipulation in religious settings that institutions have a responsibility. Great, great power comes great responsibility, right? Mormon Church, please prioritize the safety, the welfare of your members, of your children. The manipulation, the spiritual control, the dangers of falling under the influence of spiritually manipulative individuals in your church is a big main theme, I feel like, throughout 2023. And it just serves as a reminder to be cautious in forming these deep relationships and to be vigilant in recognizing the signs of manipulation and control and i feel like that goes that goes for mormons christians any kind of religious person ex mormons people in and out of cults but especially when people can control you and change your behavior it's, and it's because of their special connection to god you know if we don't pay attention to those things and those signs are missed people get abused children get abused and the well-being of safety and children should always be a top priority. That leads me into talking about my favorite person of the year, Time Magazine's person of the year, as we know it's Taylor Swift. But if I could have a cup with the face of a hero, Adam Paul Steed, him standing up to Jody Hildebrandt this year. Adam Paul Steed, a victim of Jody Hildebrandt's, standing up to her, doing a Mormon Stories interview that had to be later taken down, but there's so many interviews with him talking about the abuse and in just absolutely insane things that he was put through because of Jody Hildebrand and what she did to him. It's just atrocious. It's the most important Mormon stories interview I've ever seen and unfortunately it's been taken down. But basically in summary, Jody Hildebrand is this Mormon therapist that ruined Adam Paul Steed's life. Uh, Adam was a victim of CA and a cover up by the Boy Scouts of America as a Mormon boy and I just Adam's one of the most incredible voices shedding light on Jody Hildebrand this year. It's simple as that. And he specifically states in these interviews that Jody Hildebrand is somebody who was more damaging and more destructive than the pedo who abused him. Okay.
1: You get this situation with Jody and she's, she, in my experience, was far more uh, dangerous than the pedophile that abused me. far far more damaging and far more destructive wow Mm -hmm. and yeah that's a lot because this was a terrible thing that happened in the past and i didn't you know I, i mean like she was like a whole nother level and the thing about it is she has you know, I don't know me. I'm for sure there's hundreds of victims that were directly under her. But there's probably thousands of people that are their family members. And, and maybe she's got thousands of clients. I, I don't know. But she has this massive amount of people that are probably going through this craziness, not knowing what happened to them as they were abused. And I don't want to talk about it. I'm shaking, holding the phone, even mentioning it.
0: He also states over and over again that Jody's actions were manipulative and destructive and that she preyed on vulnerable individuals, leaving them feeling crazy and full of shame tactics like distorting the truth and violating personal records to control and harm her Mormon clients, that Jody would craft these horrendous false narratives around their life and force them to believe that they were the abuser themselves. Adam Paul Seed's story, again, in that Mormon Stories interview that was taken down, Amongst many of like the seven hours of stories, one of the ones that stood out the most is Jody telling Adam's wife, basically, they're going to need something against him in the future. We need to talk about what a sick sexual freak he is based on nothing. And Jody runs their entire marriage. She writes out this contract of how Adam's wife is supposed to act in this marriage. They have this newborn baby and she like needs to get something on Adam. and. She instructs, unbeknownst to Adam, the wife to put on some lingerie while he's in the bathtub bathing their newborn daughter. And he's like, oh, that's, oh, are we going to get out of the tub and have a little frisky time? And then she did that to actually force him into a situation where it looks like he is an abuser. He is a pedo because he has like a slight erection now in the bathtub. And they use that kind of thing against them in court absolutely insane mind games. It goes on and on like that in Adam's story. So she does this to her Mormon clients, ruins their lives. And she was recommended by the Mormon church as a therapist that would help get this family on the right track. So Jodi would just craft these insane narratives. So she was, Jody Hildebrandt was well known for a long time. If you listen to the interview uh, that Mormon stories also did with uh, her niece and the, insane things that her niece went through it was also on good morning america let me pull up a clip real quick didn't
2: have any windows it had like a table a chair a, an actual closet and that's kind of about that's about it so that's where i when i when i was pulled out of school and i started living with her full-time because she worked i went with her to work and that's where i stayed and sometimes she would lock me in it sometimes she wouldn't um but i was not allowed to leave that was like rule number one I was not allowed to leave that room and um she would have me write out my sins on a piece of paper and every day she gave me the same newspaper um and I would have to write out my sins and these sins that I was writing out I was like and again I believed all this I believed this fully so I was like oh there must be more in me I'm trying I'm trying to think of like, oh one time I lied to my best friend Scotty And like, these are the types of things I'm writing out. And then she would come back in, take that paper, read it to me, make me get on my hands and knees and beg for forgiveness as she read this back to me. And then she was like, no, this isn't it. This is not it. This isn't all, there's more, there's more, there's more. And there wasn't. And I would start making things up because I was like, I don't know. And because she was convinced there was more, things got worse and worse and worse. I ran away three times from her house. I went to a neighbor's, I went to the police. Um, they didn't do anything. Um, because Jodi is the most convincing person you'll ever meet. When I was talking, side note, the last time I met up with Alex, this was a couple of years ago, she said something that I think is like so perfectly articulated into describing how manipulative and convincing Jody is. And she said, I cannot be around my mom I can't ever be around her again because if she told me the sky was yellow, I would believe her. She has this ability to, like, alchemize, like, like just get into your soul. It's, like, the, it is horrifying. And there's no real way of explaining it to people unless you've experienced it. Or if you've experienced this level of emotional abuse, there's no way of really, like, Having you there's no way of understanding it.
0: So hopefully for Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrandt, the consequences of their actions will follow and these victims will get some sense of justice. Next, I am gonna turn to the hat and we're gonna go to SEC scandal. Perfect. That's exactly where I wanted to go and I didn't even cheat that time. All right, so the SEC scandal uncovering the Mormon Church's enormous assets. So earlier this year, is revealed that the Mormon church was hiding billions and billions from the public through procedures that violated the SEC's rules. Now, they admitted that they did this uh, out of fear that the members would stop paying tithing if they knew how much money the church has hoarded. Turns out, though, over the last few decades, the church was like, yo, let's start an investment endowment, just like all those major in- universities. Let's be cool like them. But Enzyme Peak Advisors, the church, you really flopped on that one because instead of taking this widow's mite, taking actual tithing from members and re- repurposing it as Christ would, you know, the church totally flopped. And. not spend the tithing cash the way that people and members assumed that they were spending it and they just dumped leftovers into this investment this broke on 60 minutes it was all over the place and all throughout this time of course the church has just been low-key scared that if they need their membership to have a temple recommend part of that is paying tithing they might start saying to themselves i think i'm just gonna say nah i'm good especially this past year so the church though Split this endowment into 13 LLCs, all with weird names, all with weird addresses, very suspicious. And the head of each LLC was an employee of the church's financial department. And in this situation, these LLCs would normally file a combined financial disclosure statement with the SEC, but doing so would defeat the purpose of hiding it. So, hiding how much money the church had stashed. So on the flip side, though, not filing a combined statement totally broke this whole facade open, broke this story and all of the laws around what the SEC's transparency rules indicate. So they totally got busted. And that really was a big deal this year. So they got busted big time. But all they had to do was pay a $5 million fine, which is also sad and unfortunate because Also, that money could have $5 million could have gone to feed a lot of hungry people and help a lot of people in this economy. So a lot of Mormons especially mentioned to me that that was something that even their most faithful Mormon family members paid attention to. So $5 million might not seem like a big deal, especially compared to the $32 billion in the LLCs or the entire whopping $100 billion in Enzyme Peak advisors in that fund. But again, the $5 million could have done a lot better. And it's just a, a real problem with the Mormon church and its transparency about its finances. Like it mentions in that 16 minutes piece that the church is like, well, then people will tell us what they want us to do with the money. And my rebuttal as to that is like, good. If you're spending it on a mall and lying to people about where their tithing money is going, we are going to say where it should be going. That is a right of every member to know where their tithing money is hopefully going to it just seems like straight up just fraud especially of a religious institution that claims to act on behalf of jesus christ and this is how they act and just a quick reminder because i don't know if you get the twitter feed of jacob hansen over at a thoughtful faith i sure subscribe to it so i don't know if you've seen what some of the most faithful mormons were saying during that scandal after hiding billions of dollars from the government jacob wrote mormon podcaster wrote friendly reminder the blood-sucking feds want to take your tithing money to pay for abortions down with caesar christ is king i hope we cheat the feds out of every penny and what's funny and ironic about this as a former right-wing mormon myself i see the sentiment passed around quite a bit and it really is like a mask off moment to me the mask really slips on what kind of country you want do you want every religion to be able to do this do you want a do you want Muslims to be able to do this? Do you want anybody who feels like their God is King that they don't have to pay taxes now? Is it just a theocracy that you're looking for? So it's, it's the opposite of a democratic society that you're after. I don't, I don't like paying taxes any more than the next person. I run a nonprofit right now. And, um, let me tell you, I was hoping on getting on some bigger donors by now. It's <laughs> A lot of money and uh, things that you have to give to the government just to be able to run a business. So trust me, I get you. It's difficult, but, uh, if you're saying that your god is king and supreme over all else and taxes be damned, you're asking for a theocracy. You actually probably don't want to live in a democratic society. You don't really like the concepts that the country was founded on. You see this as like a chosen land that was set apart, but that your religion gets to do whatever it wants with it. It really is like a mask slipping off moment for me how Mormons reacted to this generally speaking. But let's watch a short clip here and I think I have a Mormon girl who wants to react so let's let's watch that. Every religion has its mysteries. One of the closest guarded secrets of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has been its wealth, which we use to give poor people bread. All right, we have fun, don't we? Let's go to the third one. I already did SEC scandal and Jody Hildebrandt. S A. SA stands for a type of abuse of the sexual nature. So the things that have been done to Mormon children, the cover-ups of the Mormon church that have happened this year could fill a library that they're, they're so heartbreaking. And if the Catholic church abused or reported 100,000 kids, Mormon priesthood leaders, they could be, they could be catching up to that number. So if you want to throw around the whole by your fruits, you shall know them is we can play this game where we get to throw around phrases all the time. Um, but if we we're not actually looking at the facts of what are the fruits of this doctrine, of this institution, of its policies, what do they try to cover up? What do they actually atone for? What do they follow the repentance process and actually do to make things right and healthier for the children and the members of the organization? What are the fruits or is it is it just a couple of bad apples? And this isn't indicative of anything. No wider pattern here. It just makes me question how many cases does it take until there is a wider pattern. So let me go ahead and pull up headline after headline and we'll just jump from one to the other. One of the biggest ones have to be the AP News article, Seven Years of Sex Abuse, How Mormon Officials Let It Happen. And also this is breaking in just the last couple of days. Utah women tried to report sexual assaults to police. They say they faced delays and language barriers. Several women, all Mexican immigrants who went to Provo police to report OBGYN David Broadman for sexual assault. They experienced delays, confusion and denials over the reports due to the department's lack of Spanish speaking services. This is the uh, Mormon OBGYN in Provo who has faced a lot of scrutiny for the ways that he decides to stick his fingers in places that they don't need to be. And absolutely uh, SA has various clients. And I think the number of women coming forward with complaints about this OBGYN are, I don't know, in the hundreds now, like this case is just blown wide open. And I think it all started when I was on Mormon Stories with my pal Stephanie, and she was talking about David Broadbent and doing her premarital exam that a lot of women, a lot of Mormon women do where they go in and describing what this Dr. David Broadbent did. And from that episode, a lot of women started commenting and saying, oh, you too, me too. And they all started filing these complaints against him in this lawsuit. So that's, that's again, like the power of a Mormon Stories episode or like one victim coming forward and saying publicly, I had this problem and then that gaining the momentum and enough people saying like, yeah, that was really wrong what he did to me too. And now him hopefully having to face some consequences. KSL also wrote this week about... That OBGYN Utah Supreme Court hears arguments in Provo OBGYN sexual assault case. All right, moving on. Number four, fanatic doomsdayers doomsday. I need to do an update on where Todd is now, or should we call him Jesse, the man who was in his truck who said that he got this revelation that the entire Wasatch Front was going to be burned down and everybody to go follow him. He has another video that is private that I have saved that at some point. I'll let people. I'll let people watch that one too. He's still up to his same old tactics. But between visions of glory, this book by Tom Harrison that has a lot of implications with the Daybell Vallow case, Jody Hildebrandt, this idea of personal revelation and kids being zombies, and this website called Avow that kind of spurs these new fanatical Mormons, telling them that the the end of times is near. It's time to take your sixteen year old son. Uh, up to alaska and kidnap him sell all of your belongings like happened in the blaze Tribodeau case earlier this year and uh let absolutely no one know including his own father where you're going because because the son has a special messianic davidic calling that you now need to usher him into because jesus christ is coming back at any moment but this kind of stuff has been going on for a long while since the beginning of the blood atonement we didn't even talk we get in here, Brigham didn't even get Brigham in this episode enough. Brigham Young and his blood atonement ideas, given Brigham Young a noogie for all the ways that he has contributed to the Mormons doomsdaying the way that they like to doomsday. The doomsdaying of Christianity has gone back to the beginning, but the doomsdaying of Mormonism and people have feeling like blood atonement is necessary. All of those things start with Our main guys right here, this isn't a a brand new invention by some people who had a little bit too much ketamine like Tim Ballard did. But all right, one last in our hat here, Joseph, do you want to read it with me? And the winner of American Idol is Tim Ballard. And of course, with Tim Ballard, I've covered that the most extensively, so I won't get into too much. Tim Ballard being so publicly denounced in this statement back in September and everyone suddenly paying attention all this stuff that's been going on under the surface with Operation Underground Railroad, all of the lies that he's told and spun with the Sound of Freedom it finally coming out that the reason why he had to step down from the organization that he founded, Operation Underground Railroad, earlier in the summer of this year had to do with complaints from his female operators of... S.A. of the spiritual manipulation of this couple's ruse that he uh, put upon them to say that that is the way that we catch these predators. That is the way that we catch these sex traffickers. And it also led to a lot of sexual gratification for him. So we're at the point now where this lawsuit that's been filed by we're up to at least seven to eight women, one married couple slash uh, a couple that is now no longer married because of what Tim Ballard did in their marriage. So many of these women finally putting their face in their name, coming out, saying what Tim Ballard did in these lawsuits that are graphic. The Mormon Church has now uh, allegedly, but I think it's pretty official, that the Mormon Church has excommunicated Tim Ballard. He's still trying to do his thing. He's still trying to run the spear fund, even though he has definitely been dethroned. And then it coming out that Tim Ballard was able to convince M. Russell Ballard to give him the tithing records of wealthy Mormon donors so that Tim Ballard and OUR could thank them for donating to Christ One True Church. No, to pick them off, essentially, as wealthy donors to the Mormon Church and also maybe be some wealthy donors to Operation Underground Railroad. A lot of expensive legal bills, you know, That was another definite huge scandal amongst the entire problems with Tim Ballard this year is that even if you are a faithful Mormon and you do donate to the church, not only is that money probably not going to be spent where you wish that it was going to be spent. It's going to be be hoarded and invested in like, I don't know, Coca-Cola products and, and hidden in these different shell corporations. But even if you are a faithful member of the LDS church, I think one of the biggest things that Tim Ballard's scandal proved to us this year is that no, there's not any spirit of discernment, but also you can be a faithful Mormon member and pay your tithing. And that record can be given to absolute con men and fraudsters So will the church ever be held accountable for connecting members to this fraudulent organization? No. Will the church ever be held accountable for publishing and endorsing OUR repeatedly on Deseret News, selling Tim Ballard's books? Will anybody ever actually come out and say... That we made a mistake. We didn't have the spirit of discernment like we thought we did. That Tim Ballard's theories about the couple's ruse and all of these things were all able to be forwarded because he claimed to have the special connection to God that he doesn't actually have. Nope all the all the like nefarious business dealings between Emerson Ballard, the apostle, his family, other apostles, getting all of these. Uh, Guy, all of these fraudsters and cahoots with each other, are they ever going to talk about that? No, again, this is a whole big long video about the lack of the, the spirit of discernment that they say that they have. They don't want to open up that whole Pandora's box, but uh, no accountability will ever be taken by the Mormon Church. so that leaves the the members in in and of themselves to to come face to face with these scandals and look at these news stories for what they are and decide what kind of relationship that they want to have with the church because what they what the proposition of what they thought the church is they need to understand with all of these these stories that I mentioned today it's not it's not that thing they thought that it was and in fact you could do a lot better at protecting your kids finding spiritual fulfillment finding community that isn't within these confines that you still have to sustain and ordain these types of men this is not the the path to spiritual enlightenment that you think it is you you can you can improve You can have a lot of great experiences in the church, but I think that the best place to have those are not inside this corrupt institution from founding to current day. On Reddit, Tumbleweed Cowboy wrote, top of everyone's mind should be the cover-ups over SA by the church. This has been a huge issue for the church that they continually try to cover up, but the truth is being shared finally. Having the guy on audio was a huge hit for the church. Any decent human being that listens to that can tell he was not the victim's advocate. So the Enoch disaster exposed how Mormonism was a major factor in squelching and allowing domestic abuse to run unchecked. The Daybell case again shows the violence associated with unhinged beliefs. These cases are far removed from the Lafferty's but seem to be growing. I like this comment a lot that says, There's one issue that I have come to believe an absolute truth. It is that if you are bored with the church news that it's currently out, just wait a little while. There will be another one that comes along. You can bet on it. The list goes on and on. This pattern will continue to persist because the church's foundation was built on shaky ground. What else did the fourth fathers expect would happen? Mr. Burns, I like your name. Mr. Burns, 7979, wrote essay, meaning the cover-ups and utter lack of actual protection for all our kids in favor of the perps by design. The church was proven guilty of fraud, a.k.a. lying to the government and the public on purpose, so we wouldn't know. That shit is systematic, not a mistake. So many middleman layers of lies. There's nothing to stop them from doing the wrong thing. Nothing. Not even Jesus. This other commenter on Reddit writes, 2023 was a crazy year for the church. I officially left the church this year before any of the drama dropped this year, but I was quickly affirmed in my actions to withdraw my records with the sec filing controversy the sa stuff coming out is another level it truly is another person writes i left a few months ago this year i officially lost my testimony when i heard about the second anointing that is the super secret temple ceremony for the wealthy well connected mormon elites that most memberships don't most uh, members don't know about and most deny even exists that affords members to that affords the most well connected members to have another secret ceremony where Outside of shedding innocent blood, you can get away with anything. And sometimes they try to. All the damage from being in the bishop's office, ugly crying to old men, finding out that the elite of the church get a pass. King Bolden on Reddit writes, My shelf broke this year, largely due to the fact that the truth claims are fairly easily disprovable. That is true. Biggest truth claim issues were the historical inaccuracies and anachronisms in the Book of Mormon. Love to do a video on that in the next couple weeks, by the way. But the social issues, modern scandals, and bad policies certainly helped my growing apostate testimony. Church, what are we going to do about this? Mm. The uh, SA cover-ups were a big one. Tithing and financial fraud was huge. But the one but the one biggest shelf-breaker that had to do with modern issues was the church's involvement with neo-fundamentalism. Interesting, yes. The way they help people like Tom Harrison, Jody Hildebrandt, and Tim Ballard rise in influence – Their tactic and sometimes explicit endorsement of these people and their occult visions and teaching showed me that the insanity of the 19th century Mormonism is still with us. Well put, yes. It's just better hidden now, right on. Oh, and the church's de-emphasis of agency and truth-seeking was a big deal, too. The doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith of my younger years has been replaced with don't ever doubt, and don't you ever talk to non-believers. As a reference to a bunch of different talks given by different leaders this past year, from the president of the church to apostle elder Bednar, uh, any, and, any rhetoric that, and any rhetoric of teach correct principles and let them govern themselves has been replaced with Bednar's, of course you don't have agency to pay tithing. You gave that up when you're baptized at age eight. Not that the church was ever a shiny example of freedom of thought, but they are cracking down on it more today than they were 15 years ago. Absolutely. That is a perfect comment. Thank you. There are some Mormons out there and they do the best with their knowledge of what they know, but it is a problem. It's a systemic problem within the church that you always have somebody else in the higher up position of leadership over you, that their discernment can trump your discernment. And if their discernment is uh, informed by the PR department and the attorneys of the church at Curtin McConkie, keep the church looking as pristine as possible. Again, not doing anything to actually help the membership. This gift of discernment thing has got to go. Another person wrote, just Google LDS News and watch 50% of the hits be about SA or financial fraud, each one a distinct case. Shelf broke this year. Catalyst was the church's response to the Enzyme Peak scandal. That's not the only reason it broke, but it started the process. So here's another interesting one, bonus one, the continuing Christian rebrand going on right now, where Mormon chapels have a cross going on Google Maps instead of Moroni. I w- made a video about that, that, went, you know, pretty semi-viral around the internet. I was hoping I was like reading this comment and I was like, oh yeah, I made a video about that. And that's so nice. They said, your rant on this video is spot on. And I was like, oh good. You, you posted my video. <laughs> I was like, did you hear about it from somebody else? I got to be the first to break the news. So just to summarize, this Christian rebrand is so fascinating right now. So it kind of all started with Jasmine, this pro LDS content creator with the scripture plus app, kind of bragging about how cool it is that Google maps was changing out the Temple Moroni logo on all of their meeting houses for a Christian like cross one. That felt like a huge deal to me. And I kind of went down a rabbit hole and did some research and talked to a bunch of people. And I'm like, is this fooling anyone? Is this fooling anyone? Mormons and non-Mormons alike, is this A, fooling anyone? And two, is this not an admission that the proposition of what the Mormon Church was founded on has failed? Because if we know that the amount of people leaving the Mormon church in the first place and not joining at all, like those numbers are already astounding. And the church is trying to be like, okay, well, what are we perceived as? How can we rebrand and attach ourselves to this Jesus Christ figure? His brand is pretty well known. So this is a great place to add this into this 2023 wrap up because it just is showing how flailing the church is, just what in a freefall that they, they are. Because to me, it represents that the perceptions that they are normally able to control. Are just not in their control anymore. The missionaries in these pilot programs who are normally supposed to be wearing white shirts and name tags and ties that they don't have to wear those anymore, and they're allowed to go out in normal clothing to appear as normal as possible. They're being instructed to like tell people that they have a Bible study at church, and then later introduce the Book of Mormon. They're allowed to use their first names, dress in normal clothes, and whereas before so much of the Mormon Church has been put in its own separate category. Again, when you go on Google Maps, it's a Angel Moroni and his trumpet, and not a cross that they liked being separate as not a normal mainstream Christian church, that they wanted to be a restoration of something that was supposed to be an apostasy, right? Mormons are famous for never ever using the cross in anything. No cross jewelry. I had lots of comments from people on that video talking about similar stories to mine of like their sister, whoever wore a cross and were made fun of or told to take it off when you're a believing Mormon. That is super. Taboo, not allowed whatsoever. But what's so interesting to me is that the church making this move towards more Christian music, more things that have worked with Christians, worked as a loose term here because we know all religions are kind of plummeting in terms of membership numbers right now, but that the proposition of what the Mormon church has says that it is, has failed. That that essentially this is like an announcement that they have failed and they just want to be a Christian church that's not associated with Joseph Smith, the church is associated with right now, that people can kind of be conned into thinking this is another Christian church that doesn't have the connection to all of these scandals and all of this difficult history to digest, right? But the church's proposition, though, is that there was a great apostasy, that everybody fell away, and that the priesthood was taken from the earth, and that it took Joseph Smith restoring that. You have to believe in Joseph Smith, and that the polygamy stuff that he did, that the racist doctrines that he did, that everything that was implemented has to still be of God, and that all the other churches were an abomination. So all of these scandals are something that they're hoping that they can sweep under the rug and be more widely associated with Christendom, evangelical Christianity in America, generally speaking. And so it's just this crazy admission that if Joseph Smith, when he was a boy, Going to the woods, as is what is told to us, that that he asked God the Father and Jesus Christ, and they stood in front of them, and he said, "What church is true?" And they said, "None of them. They are all an abomination before me. You need to start your own church and restore your own church because our truth and our gospel has fallen away." So it's just fascinating that the God of Mormonism he can't do the work that he needs to do to bring Christ back again to restore this gospel without Curtin and McConkie and their attorney is covering up all of this abuse. Can't do it without good PR. They have a ton of money, but regardless of a rebrand or changing the proper name of the church from Mormon to Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and having an emphasis on that, no matter what, you still cannot control people's perceptions that are rightly there. God needs a lot of PR help, apparently, to bring about this restoration, and his people aren't acting in accordance with him as christ his institution his church is not acting in accordance so there's no amount of money you can throw at this to try to get this good pr to get this rebrand it's a church that's based in folk magic and and rebranding all this hebrew and freemasonry and remixing all of these things and so it's just interesting that if god almighty wanted his uh, restoration to be a remix of all of those things and then 200 years later When we are getting ready for the return of Jesus Christ and he only has a fraction of a percent of the global population in his one true church and that his true church is actually so unpopular that it needs to rebrand. It needs to attach itself to the abomination, to the apostasy of which was the reason that it started in the first place. What does that tell you about the truth of the Mormon church. And that's where I'm like, what does that tell you about how much truth the Mormon church has when it is so solely dependent on attaching itself to the abomination that it started in reaction to? Is now what they have to align themselves with in a last-ditch effort? Are they fooling anyone? Is it working? Laban severed head, love the name, wrote, we're as transparent as we know how to be, quote unquote, M. Russell Ballard, RIP. This quote is from a few years ago, all while the church leaders were covering up Enzyme Peak, hiding it from the members and defrauding the US government, SEC, IRS with phony shell accounts and fake fund managers. All while M. Russell Ballard had a phony shell company set up under his son-in-law, set up under his son-in-law's name in what appeared to be a non-transparent way to funnel Tim Ballard/slash OUR money through. And allegedly, Ballard was passing confidential tithing info to Tim. To hit up wealthy donors for OUR. That's another big one. Lastly, we learned the LDS Church is less than upfront on handling child essay within its ranks. If anything, 2023 was the year that overwhelmingly proved that M. Russell Ballard was full of shit when he made that quote about transparency and telling the truth. We're as transparent as we know how to be, we know how to be transparent. In other avenues. But when it comes to the church, this is how much we know of how to be transparent in this institution. I forgot about like other standards and practices in my normal day to day life. I forgot how to be ethical when I walked in the doors of the church office building. All of that information went out the window. Colleen wrote, the tax evasion in Australia, the SEC fine that they had to pay here in the U.S., we didn't even talk about the problems the church is facing down under. The way active members brushed it off as a simple typo, the lawyers made no biggie. Yep. Tim Ballard and the timely manner, the church cut ties with the buffoon just days before his exploits were made public. A lot of child S.A., Crystal wrote, I left in June this year. I had questions surrounding the temple ordinances, and when I started down the rabbit hole, I was very upset with what I learned. The new name is not special. That's right. Referring to in the Mormon temple ceremony, you're told you're given a new name that you'll be called by your husband or by Jesus Christ when you leave the grave during the resurrection. My name is Rachel. Those names are not special. If You went to the temple on the 13th of the month. You're probably a Rachel too. Patriarchal blessings are not super unique. Uh, she goes on to say the church and the higher ups taking drastic measures to cover it all up was the icing on the cake. My whole world was turned upside down as I used to be an all NTBM. That means true believing Mormon or true blue Mormon. I have found new freedom, however, in giving myself permission to truly love people as they are in a whole new way. Love that. Got chills. You, along with Mormon Stories Podcast, helped me so much with my deconstruction. As far as the public scandals with finances, I wasn't super aware of them until after I left. It was literally on my 40th birthday that I ended my faith crisis and started my transition. You go, Glenn Coco. What a way to start this new chapter in my life. Thank you, Kara, for all your research, hard work, and humor. You're amazing. You're amazing. Thank you so much. You're amazing. That was a really thorough, good comment. Olivia wrote, how many hours of unpaid labor are expected and how it compares to other pursuits someone could do? Part-time job, school, absolutely. You're not aware, I mean, Bishop State, it's like its own full-time job on top of them being a husband, father, and a dentist or a car salesman. Relief society presidents like my mother in law was right before she passed. That was like a it was like a full time unpaid job for her as well. Helping people where they really do need help, helping people get aid and casseroles sent to them and there's so many good things that that Mormons do in the community that you wouldn't expect to be paid for. But there's so much else that the church should be paying for, like like cleaning the buildings, cleaning the toilets, uh, cleaning the chapels. Many books were added to my shelf over the past three years, but the one that broke it this year was the church's, was the church's says, pleasure. It could mean, it probably does mean pleasure, but I'm thinking pressure in a court case ruling against a victim of child S.A., I immediately set off my resignation letter after hearing that. This is all a good plug as well for in my link tree in my bio, I have a Google Doc where people are always asking me how to resign from the church. I have a template. You can just put your information in there. The address is on there and you can send it off. Just scroll past all the places where you can donate to my nonprofit and keep this channel sustainable so that I can actually make payroll and get paid this month and also buy my equipment. Scroll past all of that and I can help you resign from the Mormon church. Another person writes, the AP article initiated the spark to start investigating things, though that was in 2022. There's a video AP did that most people never share that had some insights into the Arizona abuse case where they interviewed the attorney that has fought against the church in most of these cases. He says he said that he has done thousands of them. Another person wrote The Arizona abuse case did it for me, too. So here's a good comment. Uh, This man writes some stories that aren't super high up on the exposure radar, but maybe worth a mention. The church drops 260 million on a state of the art industrial development in Kent, Washington, making it the largest single asset transaction on the entire U.S. West Coast for the whole year. Not a great look considering the recent scrutiny over the church's financial dealings and the fact that its operations resemble that of a for-profit operation or investment firm rather than a church or a non charity. This did happen during the last couple of weeks of 2022, but many of us didn't start hearing about it until early this year. That's interesting. That's insane. Man in Provo arrested for entering an LDS chapel through an unlocked door, my graving chicken nuggets. I did make a video about this before putting the rest back in the fridge instead of showing compassion for what appears to be a man instead of in, in need of some food, the church immediately throws the book at him and proceeds to press felony charges for burglary. Whether or not this particular incident was handled correctly is at least a stark reminder of how little the church utilizes its vast resources to benefit the local communities. And I did make a video about this in my Mormon Grill voice where I talked about the breaded chicken. And most people miss the entire point of the video. It has nothing to do with like the church, you know, shouldn't press charges or like, what would you do if somebody walked into your house? It's like, first of all, it depends on a lot of factors, but the the church does not need to throw the book at somebody who is just obviously hungry. And with their resources, they can get that person a lot of help. They will go on to say the temple controversy in Cody, Wyoming. That's also been a big one. The church trying to build a temple in Cody, Wyoming and the residents not wanting to have anything to do with that. And I can get into that more in just a second. It goes on to say, but the ongoing fight between Hebrew Utah residents and the church have, has not been mentioned. Residents of the Valley are understandably unhappy about how the church is destroying the area's reputation as a dark sky haven. And the church could not care less about this. That is such a big, yeah, the church does not care as long as they build their temples. Also residents are similarly unhappy about the amount of groundwater. The temple will be consuming right on. After some excellent whistleblowing by Dr. Simon Southerton, the church is caught in a massive tax evasion scheme in Australia by funneling millions of tithing dollars. Shout out to Simon Southerton, former bishop in the LDS church. Amazing dude, which are not tax deductible there, through a charitable trust in order to make them 100% tax deductible. All of this is highlighted on Australian national television by 60 Minutes Australia. I like this comment about the SEC fine and settlement. They say it was a major issue for them. The amount of wealth and real estate investments the church has is insane when they take so much from the members and spend so little on benefiting the membership or local communities. It's true. I get it's expensive to run a church this size from the people to technologies to church buildings or even temples. There needs to be a line where having too much money is a problem. They can either stop requiring tithing and operate off earnings easily They can keep collecting tithing and use excesses to fund major uh, societal problems that the tithing payers get a say on how it's spent. Perfect. I would rejoin the church on that alone. Amazing. Yes. Thank you. Not really, but so simple. Like do some actual good in the world rather than growing more and more money. And for what? The great day of burning is coming. Jesus Christ is coming to set the whole world on fire who don't know his love like Mormons do. So... It really doesn't make sense. This rainy day fund of the church that they need to hoard this much money. What good is money going to be? All of this is so connected to the stock market itself. So just do some good with that money, church. Please do some good with it. Ooh, ooh, this is the shelf cracking one. My shelf cracked almost overnight earlier this year. Just discovering the CES letter and then Mormon stories and then the flood of other truth claim videos. What I thought was faith was actually fear. Mm. And it has kept me from the actual truth for a long time now thirty nine years old this year has been so sad to hear about those impacted by s a children and adults, the negative impacts of Ruby Frankie and everyone whose lives were destroyed by her and her followers. What makes me what makes me very angry is how little the LDS Church is doing to address any of this all to protect the good name of the church. There is no good left in the name of the church. it all belongs to the good members who do all the work but don't realize they are devoting their lives to a corporation. May the Lord bless and keep that comment. Well said. Uh, this woman wrote, my shelf broke due to watching keep sweet. So that's the documentary about Warren Jeffs on Netflix. If you can stomach it, watch it. Because there is not a whole lot of things in be- different between Warren Jeffs and this guy. Except for the essay of 12-year-olds in temples. Sans that example. You You should watch that and go, if that was Joseph Smith doing it, could I still believe in the church? So... My shelf broke due to watching Keep Sweet and researching the church. Then it just kept getting worse. Then it just kept getting worse when the SEC uh, scandal came out. And everything else that happened has just solidified the resolve. The SEC scandal was my husband's point of no return. Uh, this, this person wrote, I left but never deconstructed after high school. Then came back after leaving an abusive relationship seeking community and structure. Classic. Sorry to hear that though. And looking back probably some family approval, but after two years of being active, we started studying DNC and come follow me. And I only made it to March before studying DNC for the first time as an adult. Absolutely broke me. That's actually a fun fact. You really can lose your testimony by just reading the scriptures and going, wait a second. This person writes, I was listening to something of yours, me, Nuanceo, and you laid out the Fannie Alger situation in a blunt and funny way. And I just knew I was ready to be honest about the history at that point. I'm pretty sure that has to do with a video that I talked about uh with Mormon temples and the Freemasonry that was again rebranded and lifted into the early days with old Joseph Smith. You're getting an you're getting a nuggie for that one. But that old Freemasonry was a real cool way Joseph to solidify the cultiness of the church and make them make covenants and do lots of stuff that they couldn't talk about like marrying teenagers. Like marrying their live in adopted daughter fanny Algar, and having sex with her in a barn why ayata. another comment reads my husband and i both left the mormon church this year because we were tired of being lied to and felt that love within the church was extremely conditional we are also in a mixed race marriage and when i learned that the that, that was once viewed as a sin i could not stand by that mm. I definitely disagreed with the word of wisdom and tithing was another big one for me. Everything also just felt so contradictory in Mormonism. The more I learn about Mormonism and the current and past trends uh, of it, I cannot deny that it is a cult, and I am so grateful to be no longer practicing. I am grateful for people like you ah, for helping to educate other individuals on the flaws that exist in this space. Doing what I can. It takes a tremendous amount of emotional maturity, spiritual work, Things that I don't and can't possibly put words to, but all of the things that I've just discussed to be a victim of just what I would call like this collective shadow of humanity and have it be at the hands of the church, at the hands of people that you trusted or people that you trusted. To witness like this full force of just this darkness of what people are capable of and to keep your heart open. That has been my biggest lesson from 2023 to do the work, to heal, to keep your heart open, to remember that there is still so much good out there. So keep your heart open. Love you so much. Bye.